Sports Radio. A happy Saturday to you. A happy weekend to you. We will ignore the fact that summer is blowing right by and that August is right around the corner. We're going to ignore that. Pretend like summer is just not almost over. We're going to look ahead, though, to football season, of course. Very excited for that coming up in a few weeks. But boy, oh boy, summer every year flies by. Happening again. Can't believe it's July 29th. Very scary. Got to hold on tight to the last month of summer and have August go hopefully as slowly as possible. But either way, we appreciate you making us a part of your Saturday morning right here on the last weekend in July on CBS Sports Radio. So speaking of football season starting up soon, NFL training camps are underway this week, and Sean Payton, let's just say, did not make many new friends in the league with his comments this week. I want to start by saying this. I'm all in on the Broncos. I am all in on Denver this season. I think they're winning 12 games. I think they're going to the playoffs. reason why I'm so bullish on Denver this year after that embarrassment that was the 2022 season is because Sean Payton is exactly what the Broncos were missing. He's a guy who's able to tell to him straight, doesn't sugarcoat anything, he tells it like it is, and he knows what he's doing. He is competent, which arguably was the biggest thing that was missing for the Broncos last year. And so that's why when you hear Sean Payton talk about last year, how bad the coaching staff was, how much of an embarrassment Nathaniel Hackett was, I think he's right. I think he's right. And I think for me, last year is more about coaching than it was talent. And so by now, I'm sure that it's about 48 hours or so old. I'm sure everyone's heard of the comments in one way or another. You've seen or you read what Sean Payton has said about the former regime in Denver. If not, I'll still read you a few quotes as we go along through this monologue here. But I do want to ask a question of why. I want to try to get down to the why. Why did Sean Payton say what he said? Because we never see a head coach speak the way he spoke on Thursday to USA Today. You never see a head coach. Forget about at any point in their career, you know, when they're even retired and off the set, uh, out of the league, I should say, even on TV. You never hear a head coach talk the way Sean Payton talked about another coach, let alone when that coach is still in the league, also let alone when that team you're talking about that's coaching you know, the Jets' offense is a team on your schedule. Jets-Broncos Week 5. Nathaniel Hackett as OC of New York is going to get a chance to get his revenge on Sean Payton. So it's not like Sean Payton is just talking out of the Fox booth. He's talking to friends. He's talking crap about a, a team and a coach that he knows, for the most part, he'll never play against. He is calling out and directing criticism and, frankly, mocking not only a current coach in the coaching fraternity, which is frowned upon to take shots at anyone, but a coach that he's going to face in a few weeks. Why did he do that? No coach, to my memory, has ever done something like that. Here's why I think he did it. I think he did it to send a reminder to his team, but also to the rest of the league. Last year's disaster 
was more coaching than it was the players. Last year's 5-12 and record was not because of a lack of talent. It was because of horrendous coaching. And I think Sean's right. I agree with him 100%. And a big reason why I believe, uh, believe in Sean Payton and believe in what he's saying is that when I look at Russell Wilson, I don't look at a guy that's washed up. I don't look at a guy that is over the hill, has nothing left to give, is out of his prime. Russell Wilson did not forget how to play football. He still got it. And I think this year you're going to see a whole new rust compared to what we saw last year. And a large part it's going to be because of the coaching job from Sean Payton. Like last year was not a talent problem for Russ as why he struggled. I think it was a leadership problem. Russell Wilson for the first time in his career was given the keys and did not know how to drive. The way I'll use an analogy here is this. Russell Wilson last year was like a kid in a candy store. If you take a, a kid, a 10-year-old kid, guy or girl, doesn't matter, and you take him to a candy store and you say, you open the doors, you bring him in, and you say, Sally, Jimmy, the entire store is yours. Go crazy, eat whatever you want, have as much candy as you want. The entire store is yours to devour. What is little Jimmy, what is little Sally going to do? They're going to run up and down the aisles, stuff their face with every single candy they could find, and in probably, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you find them lying on the floor, writhing in pain because they have a stomach ache because they ate too much candy. They did not know how to pace themselves. They did not know self-control when I'm sure every other time they walked in the candy store before that, it's, oh, that's a little too much there. Oh, let's hold back on the Reese's. Maybe only two instead of three Reese's there, Jimmy. Maybe put one back. Most parents exercise the restraint for the kid. When you take that restraint away, they don't really know how to control themselves. They don't know any better, so it's not their fault. They learned, for the most part, the hard way, and that is, wow, when I eat too much candy, I feel terrible. Russell Wilson, in this analogy, was given too much power. For the first time in his career when he went to Denver, all he heard was the word yes. Everything he wanted, he got. He had control of the offense. He basically called the plays. He was in charge of the personnel. In Seattle, Pete Carroll was like the parent. The parent who told the kid no in the candy store or, or practiced the restraint on the kid in the candy store. That was Pete Carroll to Russell Wilson in the offense. Remember what we kept talking about for years? Russell Wilson needs to cook. Let Russ cook. I was on that bandwagon. I remember those arguments. I remember those days. And I, for a while, blamed Pete Carroll for holding Russell Wilson back. Not allowing the peacock to fly. And then he gets to Denver. And then he has Nathaniel Hackett basically bowing down to everything Russ wants. And when Russ got that unlimited power, when he heard the word yes at a rate he has never heard the word yes before, he didn't know what to do. He was like that kid in the candy store. He ate up all the power. He sucked it all up and quickly realized, wow, my stomach hurts. I can't handle this. I don't know what to do when I'm given unlimited power and I'm basically running the franchise myself. So now that you bring Sean Payton in, 
There is no doubt who the leader is and who the commander is. This year's team is Sean Payton's team. He's the leader. This offense is Sean Payton's offense. Russell Wilson is not running the Russell Wilson offense. Russell Wilson is running what Sean Payton wants Russell Wilson to run. That is when Russ is at his best, I think. And that's why I think he's due for a big breakout year this year. Payton is an offensive guru. He knows how to put his quarterbacks in a position to succeed. I think he'll put Russ in the perfect position to highlight his strengths. And Russ, again, when he doesn't have to worry about running everything, pleasing everyone, having all the weight on his shoulders, I think that's going to be a guy that's going to flourish in a pressure-reduced role. So that's why, for me, the coaching change is the difference here. It's not a talent or lack of talent, I should say. That was a problem last year. It was the fact that Nathaniel Hackett had no control. And it was so obvious that even to the untrained coaching eye, like me and you, where we're not professional coaches at any at any point, we saw it. And if we saw it, you sure as hell know Sean Payton saw it. And that's why I think he's calling Hackett out. Instilling confidence in his team that it's not you. You guys are not the problem. It was the predecessors before you and the coaching staff. They're gone. I'm here. We're good. And listen to what he had to say. Or I guess here I had to say because I'm going to read it. In terms of how Sean Payton viewed the coaching job by Nathaniel Hackett. He said, quote, It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. Shoot, they couldn't get a play-in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. End quote. When have you ever heard a coach talk like that? My answer is never. And Sean Payton knows this team was so poorly coached, even with the talent they have, they couldn't overcome it. I don't think Sean Payton is talking the way he talked to USA Today on Thursday. If he knew he was in for a long year, if he knew the talent was not as good as he thought it was coming on in, if he thought this team is not a playoff team, I don't think he's putting a target on his back. I don't think he's putting himself in the national spotlight. And I don't think he's setting himself up for mockery and criticism if Denver flops, if he knew this team was not legit. If he knew, oh yeah, we're a playoff team. If he thought thought this team stunk, if he thought Russ was cooked, I guarantee you, I promise you, the words he uttered on Thursday to Jared Bell are never going to be said. He's not an idiot. He's not going to throw a coach under the bus. He's not going to criticize the previous regime when a similar fate is awaiting him. I think he knows what he's got. I think that's the confidence of Sean Payton talking, knowing I got a good team. We're going to the playoffs. Wait till you see what I do with basically this same roster that Nathaniel Hackett royally screwed up. You wait, you watch, you see. I think he's setting it up for him to kind of look like a fortune teller. And that's why I am in on Denver. 
They were 5-12 and 12 last year. I think we're going to see a flip of the record. 12-5 and five Denver Broncos. They are going to the playoffs in large part because of Sean Payton. He was the best offseason acquisition any team made. And he's going to be the biggest difference in taking a 5-12 and 12 team and making them a playoff team. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. Are you buying into the Broncos this year? Are you buying into Denver as being a playoff team? And also, why do you think Sean Payton said what he said? Why did Sean Payton be the first coach that I can remember go scorched earth on another coach in the division, or in the league, I should say, for really no reason? What is your theory as to why Sean Payton went nuclear on Nathaniel Hackett? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Now, I will say, I love Sean Payton. I appreciate his words, and I'm backing him. I'm believing him. There is one thing, though, I did not appreciate from Sean Payton in the last few days. I'll tell you what that is when we do return. It's the Ryan Nicky Show with you right here. Where else? CBS Sports Radio. The Ryan Hickey Show returns on CBS Sports Radio. Ryan Hickey with you here on CBS Sports Radio. I got to give a shout out here to Discovery. The Discovery Channel, I want to give you props. I am a huge, huge Shark Week fan. One of my favorite weeks of the entire year. I love sharks. They're my favorite animal. I'm so fascinated by them. Also kind of scared of them, so a little ironic, I guess. But I just, I love learning about them, and I love so far kind of all the tremendous information um, and presentation Discovery has done over the years during Shark Week. It's been tremendous. But I will say over the last few years, I'm a little bit more of a nerd, so maybe this is my perspective, and this is just kind of me being more niche instead of realizing what Discovery is trying to do and appeal to a bigger audience. I thought in recent years... Discovery was selling out. They were going too much celebrity, too much gaudiness, too, you know, less information, more pizzazz, and Shark Week and trying to make it basically watering it down. And so I was really nervous that you had Jason Momoa there, and I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be one of those years where there's going to be nothing good on. It's going to be all just kind of fluff like, oh, let's dive in the water with a bunch of harmless sharks and see what happens. I am pleasantly surprised so far. Now, I've not been able to watch a ton of Shark Week content up to this point, but I have a lot, you know, on my, uh, I was going to say on DVR, but now no one has a DVR and it's all on like on demand. I got a lot of on demand content I want to watch, but so far through the few shows I have watched, I've been pleasantly surprised that it's not a lot of fluff. It's a lot of informational shows. Great show on great white sharks where there's some, some guys in like a, a dead whale, humpback whale carcass that they carved out with glass underneath so you can see how they feed off of a dead whale carcass. It was sick. 18-foot great whites there. Just feet from this guy inside the whale as they're observing them. Uh, was another episode, what was it? Oh, seeing how female great whites, because they're bigger than male great whites, female great whites run the waters. So, ladies, good for you. Keep it up here. But the lady, uh, the female great whites run things. They run things, including attacking other sharks, attacking male gray whites. 
get out of my territory. They are very territorial, and that's something that I didn't know. I don't think many researchers knew, but very cool to learn and also by Discovery for figuring it out. So props to Discovery. They have not sold out. They have not made Shark Week an infomercial or watered it down or made it a gimmick. They have stuck to what the nerds want, and that is information on Shark's hat tip to Discovery for providing so far a very good Shark Week. All right, back to the sports. I know that's what you care about. I like what Sean Payton said. I respect what Sean Payton said about the Jets and about Nathaniel Hackett and basically letting it rip when it comes to how he feels about what happened last year in Denver. Here's my problem, though, with Sean Payton. I don't like the fact that he apologized. I don't like the fact that on Friday, he tried to walk back his comments. Own them. You were being real. And frankly, whether you agree with his comments or not, everyone should be applauding Sean Payton for his honesty. That is what is missing in sports. Too many times coaches and players give you cliche BS answers because they don't want to provide any bulletin board material and they've been brainwashed not to say anything. So how many times do you have a coach at the podium talking about how much they respect their opponent, how much that's a great team over there, how much they, they care only about us, we don't care about the outside noise, we're only worried about getting better each and every day. It's rehearsed, it's old, it's boring. I want, I appreciate honesty. And that is what Sean Payton delivered. You may think he's wrong. You may think he's arrogant. You may think he's trying to point the finger or do something. But he was honest. And I don't like the fact that, I was going to say today, but on Friday, first time he met the media, he was out there trying to justify and clarify what he said. So in case you missed it, I'll play a little bit here. Sean Payton met the media for the first time since talking exclusively to USA Today, taking a blowtorch to Nathaniel Hackett, saying he, it was one of the worst coaching jobs he's ever seen, said the New York Jets are, are basically doomed with all the pomp and circumstance they have going around their team this year. They're screwed. And basically even blamed the GM and the president for allowing Russell Wilson all the uh, leeway in the world and no one holds him accountable. He went hard at the Broncos, on Hackett, on the Jets. And so today, Sean Payton, or I should say on Friday, excuse me, Sean Payton revealed why he decided to take a blowtorch to the former Broncos uh, head coach. Let's go back to the first part of that answer really fast here. I had my Fox hat on there. Maybe I missed it. And I'll be honest, I'm not a big pregame, um, pregame show consumer, so maybe this is on me. But I don't really recall last year when Sean Payton was in the broadcast booth that he was throwing zingers, that he was crushing coaches, crushing players, being honest the way he was talking to Jared Bell on Thursday. Again, maybe I missed it. It's on me. I don't recall him saying anything close to what he said on Thursday. So the whole Fox excuse is like, you were never that controversial anyway. He wasn't like Shaq or Charles Barker and TNT where they call out guys left and right and have no problem doing so. I don't recall a time when Sean Payne was critical of anybody and critical to that level. 
So I don't know. That, that Fox feels like a weak excuse. And again, Sean, you don't have to justify it. Your comments tell you they were calculated and you knew what you were doing. But nonetheless, he still said, even after that, that he does regret the comments that he made about Nathaniel Hackett. Now we're blaming what? Early in the morning? You're two lattes in, you're not awake? I'm assuming that's what he's talking about at the end, right? Two lattes, 40 minutes later, I regret it. Two lattes don't wake I'm not a big, I mean, I like regular coffee. I don't know if lattes are just more sugar and cream than they are coffee, but I mean, two lattes, I'd assume. You're trying to wake up. That's doing the job for you right then and there. Don't blame being tired. Don't say you have your fox hat on. Own it. Now, I will appreciate, even though I'm kind of getting mad at him for trying to walk it back, I do appreciate that he never said the two magic words, I'm sorry. I know he says he's going to apologize to Nathaniel Hackett. He's going to apologize to Robert Sala for getting his team involved as well. Sean Payton, I think, knew what he was doing. Wasn't a slip of the tongue. Wasn't one word or one phrase that kind of was taken out of context that he didn't really mean it that way and came off bad. He knew what he was doing. He crushed Nathaniel Hackett, rightfully so. Believes the Jets are going to kind of plummet. I think he's 100% right on that. More honesty. More honesty, I think, is great for, uh, for, for us. I think it's what we need. I think it's what we deserve. And I love to encourage any coach, any player. You want to speak your mind? I'll support you. I got your back. I won't criticize you for what you say. That's for sure. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey. And the number three on Twitter is where you can tweet me if you can't call. Are you believing in Denver? Are you believing in the Broncos? Is Sean Payton the guy to turn this team around and why the hell is he calling out Nathaniel Hackett? I think it's because he's confident. I think it's because he com- he's confident. He knows he's got himself a damn good team. We never heard a coach speak like that. Why do you think Sean Payton, when scorched earth on a team and on a coach, he'll be playing in week number five? We go out to Vancouver, Washington. Tony is there. What's up, Tony? Hey, Ryan. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in Sean Payton because he could have came across this a little more diplomatic. You know, instead of, he could have said, you know, they had a new coach, a new coaching staff, a new quarterback, a new ownership. There's a lot of new here and had trouble binding together. I'm, I'm a new coach coming in. Hopefully I can tie this together and we can get going in the right direction. Instead of just flat out throwing him under the bus. He's a first-year coach. You know, you don't do that. And there's a fraternity in that league and and there's respect in that league, and you just don't do that. He could have came across more diplomatic and still got the point across, but he wouldn't be so, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, do you think, what do you think the reason is? Well, I'm, the reason is I think he was wrong. You, you just don't do that. You don't go. No, I'm saying he did it. Sean Payton did it, right? Why do you think yeah. he did it? Well, because he, didn't, because he ain't thinking. You got to be more diplomatic. A guy like Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick or something like that wouldn't do that. They wouldn't sit there and just roast somebody like that. So there was a lot of new. There was a lot of new in Denver last year. No, I get it. Was, I get it. I had trouble getting it cohesive. There was a new quarterback, new coach, new everything it was new. And we you know, saw plenty of also other instances, Tony, 
right, where yeah. new coaches have come in and had success. We saw Brian Dayball go to the second round of the playoffs this past year, yeah. new head coach. Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings won 13 games, new head coach. Like, you can have success as a new coach right away. It's not always, it's your first year, it's going to be rocky no matter what. I don't think Champagne's wrong in his comments. Well, I'm just, I, I'm just thinking that a veteran coach shouldn't, shouldn't do that. He should, he should be more diplomatic. There's ways to get your point across and, and say that he didn't do a good job without flat out just saying it was, it was the worst job in history. That's stupid. Don't do that. Yeah. I'll say this, Tony. I think Sean Payton knew what he was doing. And I appreciate the call, man. You could say he wasn't thinking. I think he absolutely was. Sean Payton's not an idiot. This guy's been around the block. Right? He's not a rookie head coach. Or he's not someone who's new to the league. He has been around a long time. He knows how powerful any coach's words are, but especially his. I think he, he did it with intention. I think the intention was... Sent a message to his team, almost in a way to believe in themselves. It wasn't you. You were not the problem. The coach was the problem. I think Sean Payton's very confident in the team he has. They're going to have a big bounce-back season this year. Steve, call from Green Bay. What's up, Steve? Yeah, Ryan. uh, Sorry, man. Um, Well, I, I can see your point. He knew what he was saying. I think he was trying to pump up the team more than anything because uh, like the previous caller just said, uh, it's your your head coach, and and it's the proper thing to do is not, you know, you you prove it on the field. You don't you don't disrespect another previous head coach. He even went as far to say as it was the GM all the way up to the CEO. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He and, took and, shots and, and at people so that are still calling, there. He's calling out. He's calling out John Elway. You know, and I, I'm like. I'm sitting there going, okay, so you're saying that this is everybody's fault in the organization. So he better put his money where his mouth is this year because uh, Nathaniel Hackett had a very successful uh, offensive coaching, you know, uh, Let me ask you this coordinator really faster, Steve. With, with the Jaguars right. and wow. with the Packers, and, and A-Rod will back, back him up, and, that, and he's with A-Rod right now. Right. So, Let me ask you this really faster, I, Steve. This is a safe space, okay? You're a Green Bay Packers fan. You're from Green Bay. How much impact did Nathaniel Hackett actually have in the offense and how much success should be credited to him when he was there? Save, remember, safe space. You can be honest. Hey, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not on the field. All I know is that uh, A-Rod had nothing but you know, good things to say about him. I, I've never heard him diss him or anything. And, I mean, local media, whatnot, never was he called out on the field or anything. So, and, and, and like I said, when he was with the Jags, I mean, he took them, he took them into the playoffs. I mean, I, I, mean I, was, I was actually kind of pleased when they, when they picked him up because he had a young quarterback. I think it was back when Marcus Mariota was there. Or, Blake Bortles. I'm wrong. Um, but... Yeah, I and they went to the playoffs, and they went deep into the playoffs at the time. So, um, right. yeah, I just tend to disagree. I think he's just doing it for pomp and circumstances to get the team to, you know, get them fired up. All right, I appreciate the call, Steve. Appreciate the perspective as well. I just think for for Sean Payne, with how experienced he is and where he's been, he's also not making these comments. He's not putting himself in the news, and he's not putting a target on the Broncos back this season if he wasn't confident. 
if he didn't know he had a good team, again, I don't think he's setting himself up for failure. Like, if he knew this team was bad, if he knew Russell Wilson was cooked, if he knew the offensive line was no good or the receivers stink or the defense is going to take a step back, I don't think he's making these comments. I don't think he's going to willingly put a target on his back and then have the team go 7-10 and 10 and miss the playoffs, 6-11 and 11 and miss the playoffs, and basically be record-wise in the neighborhood of a guy he just roasted and torched, dragged over the coals, laid him there, drove in his car, backed up over him, put it in a, in drive, drove forward, and then put it in reverse and back over him one more time. That's what he did. He embarrassed him. And I don't think he's doing that unless he is confident, truly confident in the team and the coaching staff that he has where this team is going to be a legit, a legit contender. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey. End the number three on Twitter is where you can reach me. Are you believing in the Broncos? But more importantly, why the hell did Sean Payton say what he did? Are you with me that he's confident in this team? He's believing what he has as a winner? Or is he just an idiot? What is the reason Sean Payton went scorched earth on Nathaniel Hackett? We'll discuss that. And also, we do return. I am high on the Broncos. I am picking the Broncos to make the playoffs this year. Last year, the Broncos missed the playoffs. I think there are three other teams in the NFL outside of Denver that missed the playoffs last year that will make the playoffs this year. I'll tell you who those three other teams are when we do return. It is the Ryan Hickey Show with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Ryan Hickey Show. Some great news about the show going forward. We are now in podcast form. That is right. Every single hour, every single minute of this show, every Saturday morning is now up in a podcast form on every single podcasting platform that you may use. All you got to do is search Hick at Night. Hick at night, night spelled N-I-T-E, a little playoff of Nick at night. But that is where the podcast of this show will live now going forward. So if you miss an hour, if you miss a little segment, you want to re-listen, you want to listen on your own time if you're not up at your normal Saturday morning, late Friday night hours, you can do so without missing a beat. Hick at night, check out the podcast, download, subscribe. That's where every single hour Every single minute of this show will live. Best part, it's free. That's right, it is free. Hick at night, again, night spelled N-I-T-E. That is where you can find the full pod of this show. All right, so we're talking a lot about the Denver Broncos here. There are four teams, I think, that did not make the playoffs last year that I think will make the playoffs this year. The Denver Broncos are one of those four teams. We've said it all show, but I'll repeat it again. Sean Payton, to me, is the difference. Sean Payton coming in, I think he is going to now rejuvenate this team. Russell Wilson is not cooked. He didn't forget how to play football. He just needs the right leader. That's what Sean Payton is. Sean Payton knows there's talent on this team. The reason last year they went 5-12 and 12 and were the laughingstock, uh, laughingstock was more because of the coaching than it was the talent on the team. Broncos are back. I think they're going 12-5. and five. I think they're going to make the playoffs after missing them last year. Another team in the AFC 
Missed the playoffs last year. Make it on this year. The Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson's really good. I know it's hard to remember because we are we live in a world filled with recency bias. And it's been since 2020 when he's actually played at a high level. He's really damn good. He is really good. And I think that he'll come into 2023 after knocking the rust off late in 2022. Sharp, ready to play. A lot of talent all over that Browns roster. I love the fact that they're being slept on. No one's really talking about them. Browns, another team, missed the playoffs last year, making it this year. Those are two in the AFC. Two in the NFC. Missed the playoffs, making it. How about the Los Angeles Rams? I think they are the most overlooked team right now heading into 2023. People want to talk about how bad the Rams are. They traded Jalen Ramsey. They let you know Bobby Wagner go in free agency. Here's what they're returning. Sean McVay, one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Matthew Stafford, who the last time he was fully healthy, won a Super Bowl. Cooper Cup, last time he was fully healthy, top five wide receiver in the NFL. Aaron Donald, still pound for pound the best defensive player in the NFL. They got a healthy offensive line, and they are in a weak NFC conference. They have a lot of talent. A lot of veteran talent that knows how to win. And that NFC at the bottom is weak, man. It's not good. You don't have to be 11-6 and six to make the playoffs. 9-8 and eight is going to get the job done. That's what I think the Rams can do. That's what I think they will do. Rams are back in the playoffs after an injury-riddled 2022 season. It was more injuries than poor play for the Rams last season. And finally, an obvious one. A lot of people are buying in, and so am I. Detroit Lions. I love the way Jared Goff finished the year. The defense got better also as the year went on as well. I think Detroit's going to match the hype in terms of winning the division and making the playoffs. So four teams that missed the playoffs last year that I think will make the playoffs this year. The Lions, the Rams, the Browns, and the Denver Broncos. 855-212-4227. Which teams do you think missed the playoffs last year that will make them this year? Also, we're talking about Sean Payton here. Are you buying that Sean Payton is the missing link for the Broncos being back to a playoff team? And why the hell did he say what he did? We never hear a coach talk the way Sean Payton talked. What was his motivation? For me, I think it was confidence. I think he knows he's got a lot of talent. He knows his team's legit. And he knows the coaching staff really screwed it up. I think, if anything, it was more of a confidence boost to reassure guys in his team, we are legit. Don't you worry. It wasn't you last year. It was the idiots who were coaching you. I got you. We're good. We're going to the playoffs. I take Sean Payne's comments in destroying Nathaniel Hackett, crushing the Jets. I take it as confidence that he's going to have a very good team this year. But how about yourself? Jordan is calling from Chicago with some thoughts. What's up, Jordan? How are you doing? Good, buddy. You know what? I, I believe the same thing that you believe. You know, if, if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm Peyton, you know, I already have the pedigree. You know, right. people respect me. I'm one of the top five, ten coaches in the league. And if I can instill confidence in my in my team and say, "Hey, you weren't the problem; they were the problem." You know, it, it's, just, it's it's like the it's like the uh, the old saying. They said, "It's not it's not." It's not me, it's you. Right. You know, you know, when people say something about, you know, you're, when they're, they're breaking problems, up, you know, 
you know, it's the old the old saying. He said, admit to nothing, deny everything, and make counter-accusations. That's what he's doing. You know, and, he said, hey, we're not the problem. They were the problem. We're good. And to I know your point about his, talent. his you know, pedigree. So, you, know, I, you know, I love a coach like that. And, you know, he's instilling confidence. And but he has to back it up. If you don't back it up, now now everybody's going to bring it up. They, they, 10, 15 weeks, 15, 16, 17 weeks into the season, if, if, if he doesn't back it up, what are you going to be doing? You're going to be playing that on your show, right? Oh, Jordan, you know, and um, that's um, the point you I did not make. I'm glad you brought it up because it's a great one. I appreciate the call, man. Sean Payton by making this comments has more to lose than gain. Jordan just talked about it, right. He is a he is a History of success, he's a Super Bowl champion. He is viewed as one of the best coaches in the NFL. By making these comments, by putting a target on his back, he has way more to gain, uh, excuse me, way more to lose than he has to gain. If he goes to the playoffs, awesome. I'm sure Russell Wilson's going to get a lot of attention, and Sean Payne's going to get his flowers without a doubt. But if they flop, if they don't look that much better under Payton than they did under, under Nathaniel Hackett, the scrutiny that Payton will get will be 30 times greater than the praise he'll get if he gets the Broncos to the playoffs this year. He has a lot more to lose than he has to gain by making his comments, which is why, again, I think he's making them from a place of confidence and he knew what he was doing. Vic is calling from South Carolina. What's up, Vic? Hey, man, how you doing today, this morning? We're good, Vic. We're good, man. Hopefully you're doing well, too. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. Headed to work. So, listen, I don't... I think Sean Payton absolutely believed everything he said. I don't think he doubts that at all. Um, I think the problem is that most of us are not used to coaches of his stature making those type of comments. Being honest? Uh, um, yeah, like being that, that, that brutally honest. Like you wouldn't – like like your previous call just mentioned, you're talking about a top five, top ten coach. I can't think of another one who would make those comments. Um I don't have a problem with him making them if he believes it. I think the problem comes in the fact that it was public. Like, he could have told his players that. Mm-hmm. He could have let everybody in the organization know that. But to put that out there publicly, um, of course, again, like I said, I think he believes it. But now he's, he's, he's got to back it up. He's got to oh, back it up. Absolutely. So, does, he does, Vic. And it's almost like a, a way of accountability, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I agree with that. Um so again, I, again, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I just feel like time to show the out. Message, yeah, the message is pretty good. Like I get it, but I don't know if I'd have did it publicly. I don't think I would have put it out there like that. I hear you, Vic. Have a good day, work man. I appreciate the call. I th- I I like it. I, it's almost a way to hold everyone accountable as well and raise the standard of hey, we are going to be good this year, and we have really no other option as well. That'll do it for this edition of the Ryan Hickey Show. A huge thank you to Alex. who did a tremendous job producing. If you missed any part of the show, Hick at Night, N-I-T-E. That is a podcast. That is where you can find all four hours of the show, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't go anywhere. Chris Moore is up next. Have a great weekend, everyone. You've listened to Ryan Hickey right here on CBS Sports Radio.